When Karen and I came here, um, well, when I took on the lead pastoral, you know that today is actually our 20th anniversary of, of landing in America. So today, 20th, I know. Isn't that amazing? 20 years on the 14th of January 2004 is when we arrived from South Africa. And so we've been here um, and we're, we're so thrilled with, with, with what God has done and in us and through us and, and what is happening. And we know that God is building towards something here. We've been sensing it and things are happening. We're preparing. We know we've been given that word of Isaiah 54 that we've got to open, you know, extend the, the, the curtains of our habitation and lengthen our cords and strengthen our, our, our stakes. And, and so God has been bringing people to us, and a number of you here, God has brought you, and God is still bringing people here. And so um, I think if we had everybody that, that calls Lake Haven home here on a Sunday, we're already going to have problems trying to get everybody, and we've seen that from time to time. And so um, we, we will be considering when to switch over to a second service. We will be doing all of these things that, that we have to consider so people don't feel jam-packed and so forth, because we've already got our, our narrow... Our our economy seating, our economy class seating to try and get as many chairs in here and, and uh, we want to do that. Uh, so, so just stay tuned, stay connected with us because God is doing something and he, and he wants you to be part of it. In fact, we need you to be part of it because you are part of the body. And when the Lord um, spoke into my heart and, and, he, and he said, you know, there's going to be two major thrusts that he wants uh, me to focus on. Um, and, and, and I say this often, but number one is the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We cannot be, you can be a Christian and you can go to heaven, uh, let me tell you, but, but I tell you what, if you don't understand the person and work of the Holy Spirit, you are going to live a very nominal Christian life. You won't know everything. You won't be able to use everything. You won't be able to apply things because he's our teacher. He's the one that teaches us. Uh, he's the one that expounds truth to us. He's the one that shows us things to come. There are so many things. And, and so over the, over the last few years, we've spoken so much about this. In fact, Wednesday night service is dedicated as an overflow believer style meeting. And we talk a lot about this. It's such a great time. If you don't know about Wednesday nights, then, then plug in. It's a time of prayer. It's a prayer and meditative service. Service. It's a very quiet service, and sometimes it's not so quiet. And and sometimes, but but it is dedicated to for us to 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 catch up to speed, to understand how to uh, work with the Holy Spirit. We are co-heirs, and we work with the Holy Spirit, both what He's doing in our lives and what He's doing through our lives. Amen. We cannot, and I say cannot, do it without the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying again, you cannot go to heaven if you don't know what he does, and, but you cannot appropriate what he's doing in and through your life without a good working understanding of the Holy Spirit. And so that's why we have a devotional online on our website, and that's also going to change this year. So stay tuned. There's going to be a lot of changes that are going to be coming, but there's, we have a devotional online that I always point people to. It's, it's a, a 33 devotionals, and each one of those you could chew on for at least a day, but certainly a week, because it's got some profound, each one of those has got a profound truth that you can assimilate into your heart. And I say assimilate very carefully. It's to digest and to make yours, because the second thing the Lord spoke to me was exactly that. He said, it's the person and work of the Holy Spirit, number one, that we need to know. And number two, you need to, we need to be able to assimilate truth. For far too long, the body of Christ, far too long, the body of Christ just does message, 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 message. 
Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, new message, 17 messages through the week, more message, more messages, devotionals. You, if, you, if you don't know, if you aren't trained in understanding how to assimilate and to take a truth and to digest that and to make it part of your life, then you fall into the trap of making an intellectual decision about God. You make intellectual stuff about Jesus. Oh, well, I know all of that stuff. I've heard that message. But it's not working in your life. It's not even touching your emotions. And you, every truth, every truth, every truth has to become life to us. Every truth has to become life to us. And that's where different people, Brian used it this last week, he called it revelation knowledge. People call it different things. But, but the Bible talks about life. In Jesus, he brought light, and in and that was the life of men. That, that the true, when truth impacts your heart, when truth comes alive in your heart, and you've got everything to do with that process. That is not, I'm saying very clearly, that is not up to God. You don't get a revelation knowledge of something because you left it up to God so that one day God was just going to smack you with it and you're going to go, oh, the Holy Spirit. No, that's you. That's up to you. If you don't understand the process of how to make that come alive to you, you will do the same. And so when, when we have Brian here, and Brian did seven sessions, correct? Seven sessions. Two on Sunday night, two on Monday, two on Tuesday, one on Wednesday. And then we did some practical ministry. So if you don't, those key things, those truths, uh, and I, I mean, I took a bunch of notes. And I know that I didn't capture everything because I listen to people. When I listen to Pastor Greg or whatever, when Pastor Greg came a couple years ago, I still have that message downloaded on my phone. I have taken... Work notes because it was very prophetic. And if you don't know Pastor Greg, he can operate very prophetically. Besides telling his funnies that he always starts off with, you know. But but he can operate very prophetically. And and that one message that he gave years ago was faithful increase. And of course he's been ministering a lot on wisdom. He's written a great book, and I'm sure he'll he'll have his material. He's written a number of books on healing and and uh, script and just different things. And the, and the one on wisdom is powerful. Because wisdom is applied knowledge, and, and, and so it's just, it's just really, it's really important to, to digest it. So as you listen to something again and again and again and again, I mean, you could do that empty-mindedly, and it wouldn't help you at all. You could hear what I say, and you could say, oh, Shannon, yeah, yeah, I know that. If you just listen to it again and again and again. No, if you just put it in the back of your mind, and you were mindlessly dreaming about it, you didn't know the art of meditation. There is an art. There is, a, there is a learned process on how to meditate on the Word. If you want the Word to be alive, and it's so important, guys. You've heard me say this so many times. It is so, listen to me carefully. It's so important because if you don't, then you, you know what, get, what happens to you is you become one of these religious Christians, particularly in the South, that just go to church on a Sunday who thinks they know it all, but it doesn't really work. And so eventually, sooner or later, you hit something in life. The storms of life come, which Jesus said would happen. Amen. Praise the Lord for storms. Who loves storms? Nobody likes storms. But you know what? You've got to be founded on the rock. You've got to be established. The parable of the sower, which Jesus said, which is, you know, all Mark 4 and Matthew 13 and Luke 8, all of these, those parables that we see that are, are establishing your heart in truth. 
Right? You've got to get, and when the storms of life come, and they will, you can stand firm. And not only stand firm, we have a job to do. We have a kingdom purpose. A lot of Christians, a lot of believers, let me use the right word, a lot of believers are, are aimless because they don't know that they have a kingdom purpose. You are called to kingdom purpose. No matter what gifting you have, no matter what your job career choice is, no matter where you are, you have a kingdom purpose. You are called to live kingdom first lives. Or else you will say, have that nagging thing in the back of your heart and mind that will say, I don't know what I'm made for. There's something more. What's the meaning of life? You'll have those thoughts. But I tell you what, when you find kingdom purpose, there's no doubt. I know what I'm called to and I know why I'm called to it. No matter what you're doing. If it, you could be a businessman. You could work at 7-Eleven. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what, what that passion is. When you live kingdom first, it is going to give you life. And you're going to find life. And you're going to be life in that. You'll be the happiest 7-Eleven employee around. People will go to your 7-Eleven because they want to get life from you. Amen. Okay, and I'm just seeing it. We had a guy in South Africa, I remember. I, you know, in South Africa, when you would drive uh, back when I was living in South Africa, obviously, so long ago, when, when you would drive up to the traffic lights, as we call them robots, just so you remember. I mean, some of you South Africans know we call them robots. Americans always think, robots? Yeah, it's like, Yo, what do you mean robot? No, 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 it's just traffic lights. So when you'd come up to the robots, and you would people, they would wash your wine. They will do it for a tip, you know. They'd wash your windscreen or they'd sell stuff. The guy's got cell phone chargers and things over his hands. And he's, there's always people doing something. Newspapers back in the day when newspapers were big. And I remember there was one stop where this guy used to put an incredible smile on my face. He just sold papers, but he sold papers. He, you walked up there, you could not help but smiling. The smile on his face, how he sold papers was remarkable. The guy changed, it was like, what? he's just selling papers, like 100 people you've seen before. But no, you had, he had purpose. He had value. And, and you know, there's, there, there's, there's so much, um, and that, that you hear me say these things, but I, listen to me. Listen to the Spirit of God within you. You are called to great things. God has called us as Lake Haven to great things. And if you've partnered with, if God's brought you here to partner with us, then you will be part of this. Amen. You will be part of this in all kinds of capacities. And you know what? If you're not called to Lake Haven, that's fine. We want you to find a place where you can call home. We'll do whatever we can to help you find it. If you say, you know what? You guys are not my cup of tea, uh, you know, but where can I go to church? And I'll go, we'll, we don't mind having that conversation and saying, you know what? We know of a bunch of pastors around here and say, you can go try this and try this and try that. But I mean, we think we're the best things in sliced bread. But you know what? You know, we, we, we know that we're not every, everybody's thing. And, and so, so in any case, plug in to what God has. Because if you don't, you are at risk of throwing in the towel without purpose. And, and the Bible talks about this. You're being blown around by every wind of doctrine. And, and so, and, and maybe we'll get to that scripture because it's, we, we've mentioned recently a couple times. But, but you will just be, you, you, you're just subject to the flow, the ebbs and flow of how the world goes, what the world says. 
But news will pump you up and it'll bring you down and you'll be worried about this and you'll, everything that happens in the world you'll be subject to. Do you want to live a life that you're just subject to whatever is happening politically? Oh, you should fear this. You should fear COVID. You should fear the flu. You should fear this. You should fear this president or that president or this war or that thing. You can live your life above that. You can live your life above that so that you don't have a fear about tomorrow. That is what we're called to do. And in these darkening times where America is generally abandoning morals. Do you notice? It's hard not to, right? They're abandoning morals. They're abandoning this. There's going to be more and more criticism. And, and, and Christians already... And, and, and I mean, listen, I'm, I hate religion. Because religion has given God a bad name. Because they've done things in the name of God, which is no God. They serve God, this little G-God thing, which is no God. People who call themselves Christians, oh, no, they, they've got so little to do with what the new covenant is and what we stand for. Amen. Amen. And so what we're left with is a choice. Are you, you, you see, as these times happen, it's going to naturally filter people. Because it's going to be the people who really want Jesus and who really want to do this kingdom thing. They are going to stick around. And the ones that are just going to be like chaff blown in the wind are just going to sort of blow in and blow out and do whatever. And then they're going to say, oh, well, I tried that Jesus thing. And what they called trying it was, was, you know, some weird, you know, like, I don't know, gumball machine God. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, like, if you do this, if you pay your quarter. In fact, I've got one of those in here. <laughs> Where's my gumball? Gumball machine God. <laughs> you got that, you know, they put, put their money in. I pay my tithe. I get God to give me something. But if I dare pay, and he doesn't give it to me, get, they get mad at God. I got mad at, I mean, oh God, that's another story another time. It's so easy to get mad at God. <laughs> Amen. But they, that, religion makes that, that, that's their idea. You've got to do stuff to earn stuff. You've got to do things for God to get something back. But... In, in, you know, in December, um, before the whole Christmas push and, and what we did, we very specifically, I, I knew that we had to transition into what God has, is going to be talking to. And so I, I started a, a, a mini-series, a mini if you will, just talking about perspectives, how important it is to develop godly-based perspectives, to allow your kingdom vision to change. To put, on, to, to, to put on beliefs, to work beliefs into your heart that change, give you a godly perspective. It's so important because perspectives uh, make all the difference. I don't know if you still have that perspective slide. Do you have that perspective slide, that title slide? That was, Corin made that one. I really like it because depending on where you stand and what you see, you will see things differently. You, you and I always see things from our own perspective. Yes. But you see, the longer that you're a believer, when you choose to align your heart with His, when you choose to let your heart be changed, and I say that very because all of us are on a journey of change, and the more religious, unfortunately, you were brought up, the more you were brought up in some perspective of God, 
Some of those, some of us people that brought up in certain denominations or things, we have a harder time after we're born again of, of changing our perspectives. Because we think that the one that we had, because mama said so, or grandma said so, or the, that preacher said so, you, you've heard something so many times that you, you're, you're locked in. And so sometimes we need to kick over a couple of sacred cows and you've got to be able to, if you're willing, you won't be able to see it though. Did you hear Brian's, uh, I'm going to just pack this away because I, I know everyone, anyone want to gumble? No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, you know, if you've got to, you have to have a willingness to abandon what you know and believe. And that's very hard because that's comfortable. Wherever you are at right now, wherever you are at with your belief system is comfort zone. It is. We all, we all live in the place where we currently, our beliefs are, and that is actually the limiting factor. All of our beliefs. That's why Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart above all else, for from it flows the issues or boundaries. Literally, the word is boundaries of life. Your heart creates the boundaries. The beliefs that you've established have set your boundaries. And if you set your boundaries small, that's where you will limit God. God can operate like this and this and this way and that way. But if you choose, and because God is wanting to stretch us, open up the, cord, the, the length and our curtains of our habitation, lengthen our cords and strengthen our sakes, you have got a choice to make because some of you may, may not want to walk with us when it starts getting uncomfortable. Because you will be challenged. Growth will bring a challenge. But you see, it's okay when those things come if you've got your heart set in the right thing, if your perspective is in the right place. Amen. I've said this to our leaders before. I've said this and I'll continually say it. Your value as a person doesn't come from a role you play in the church. That's right. It's very important to understand that. My role, my value doesn't come because I'm the pastor. My value doesn't come from that. Your value, you know, we've got key leaders and leaders that we depend on for different things in this awesome, and we've got so many volunteers, and that we so, and we so desperately need each person to play it. But let me tell you, you're a danger and a threat to the body if you derive value from your position. And sadly, religion has made that happen. I don't, without showing any hands, okay, no hands. How many of you have been to a church and felt hurt before? Most of the time, that's your own fault. Come, bring, bring your toes here. Let me stomp on them. I'm not saying all the time because there's mutual stuff. There is always mutual stuff. But you know what? If your heart was guarded, you wouldn't let it get to you. If you've had your value associated, I've seen this happen with pastors, whatever. I've, I've, I've had good friends that are pastors that suddenly stopped pastoring and they fell apart because they didn't realize their value was attached to the role of being pastor. Right, right. You see, when you, when you adopt a role in the kingdom of God, we've got to, God can only entrust you with a role that, that, that you're able to handle And that role has got responsibilities associated with it. 
Roles and responsibilities. You shouldn't take on a role without asking what the responsibilities are. You, shouldn't be, you should be prepared to give those responsibilities willingly. Serve Jesus, not Shannon, Karen, Lake Haven Church, that church, whatever. Are you willing to serve Jesus with those responsibilities there is the question. Understanding my value is untouchable. Jesus loves me and has value for me apart from my responsibilities. If you never did another thing and you sat in church, you should understand. And here we talk about the love of God constantly. It's important to get grounded on the love of God. It's important to understand I have value. I have value that I get from Jesus alone. You can reach a place where you are, like Ephesians 3 says, rooted and grounded in love. Because I know the length and breadth and height and depth of the earth. So that I'm filled with the fullness of God. So that guess what? I'm okay. I'm okay if I don't do this or don't do that because I know where my value comes from. I know that God loves me. I'm established in the truth of God's love for me. Amen. And let me tell you, easier said than done. True. Because you know why? I know God loves me. Not I know God loves me. You see, when you play games, I've heard that message. I know that stuff. I know God loves me. La, 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 la. Then somebody comes there and it's like, you get sick or you get a diagnosis or you think, why is God doing this to me? You just threw out 17 years of sitting in the church or this church. There's a lot of churches that do say it was God's fault. Gets quiet here. People, when, when you're established in your heart about God's love, you're untouchable. Right. You're untouchable. You're, you're, I say you, you know, you know who the you is most of us put forward? Is ego. And so our identity is so firmly fixed to our ego that something, if somebody talks about us, we and our ego are one and the same thing. So if somebody says thing, my value is attached to my ego, my ego, and all of those things. So if somebody touches, if I've just touched, well, God, that's why it hurts churches so much. If you are doing anything in any church, it doesn't matter if you're helping being a saint of a person in our children's ministry, which is such a needed ministry, to love on the children and to bring them. But if your identity is established, if your identity and your, uh, your value has become associated with doing that role? Oh, Lord forbid. Because suddenly, if, if you stop doing that, then what happens to your ego? That's right. What happens to your identity? And then suddenly, that church hurt me. Oh, really? Why? But you see, we're quick to blame. Everybody else. Everybody's fault. But mine. Is this too real? It is real, right? Can we talk about stuff? I hope we can. <laughs> if you listen, guys, I, I, we have no time not to be real. We've got to do things. 
We've, 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 got to do, we've got to get things done. We need you. We need you to fill the role that you're willing to fill, willing to serve Jesus with forever. Please don't come and serve. Please don't serve Karen, me, or this church. Please. If you're serving me, Karen, or the church, please stop it immediately and sit down and get established in the love of God. Amen. Amen. We love you. Your value is untouchable. That's right. We love you just the way you are. And you are a blessing, but we have to, we have to make decisions, we have to move, we have to think, and things are going to stretch and change. Is that okay? <laughs> uh, I know this is like an in-house message kind of, right? So I, yeah, in-house. It's all good. You know, with, with, with perspectives, I, I said this, and I'm going to mention again because there, there are three areas that I, I mentioned um, in December when I started this, and I, and I said there's these three that I think are, are pillars. They are fundamental um, uh, uh, areas that we've got to get established in our heart. Number one is who, who God really is. We've got, to know, we've got to know the person and work. We've got to know who he is and, and what, he, what he is like, and we've got to know his character. We have to have a personal knowledge of God. You have to. If, if, you are, if, you just, if you don't pursue a personal knowledge of God, then it's just religious games. And, and we, we always say this is not about religion. It's about a relationship. Everybody just says that word, but it truly is. If you don't, if you don't, and, and so, you know, T, is, T and Stacey are starting D group um, on Tuesday, and that grow course is fraught with some of the, some of the core factors that, that, that we, we try and let people know who are considering joining Lake Haven or being here once or twice and say, you know what, I, want, I need to know a little bit more about what Lake Haven fundamentally believes and stuff. Then we say, go to D group, join D group, become, get, get here, because no matter where you come from, we, it's going to address those areas, and you're going to get an opportunity because it's such a social, uh, it's, we've created a very, very, a very cool, T and Stacey have done it so well, that a very cool environment to get to know one another. So, so in that place where you get to know one another and connect with one another and to deal with some of those, those, those core things, right? And so you can see, okay, this is, this is for me. So in, a, in how many weeks is it now? 11 weeks or 11 it's 11 weeks, you get, to, you get to understand, you get to meet people, you get to have meals together, and you get to discuss some of these core things. And, and so it's done in a really, really cool way. So if you're not signed up, and like Corin mentioned, I'll encourage you, sign up, do D-group. It's, it's really awesome, and we've been getting really, really great feedback from that. But it gives you, even no matter how long you've been a believer, it's more tweaked to who we are, okay? And, and so, but, but knowing, pursuing, if, if you don't know the, the, the elements on how to, to get to know God and to, and to really have an intimate relationship with God, it's, it's, it's essential. So that's number one area. The second area, you need to know your identity. You need to know what Jesus, and Brian touched on, I love, I love all the things, in fact, that Brian did in his seven sessions. They, they are key. And like I said, assimilation of knowledge is, is, is key. It is a huge key. I mean, I, I could ask anybody here who spent, who came to maybe even every seven, one of the seven sessions, and I could say, how many of you remember what happened in session two? And you were like, ah, oh, which one is session two again? Uh, you'd have to go and look up in your notes, right? And, you, because that's, and that's normal. 
I, I mean, at least for me, I go back and I, I have to read the notes every day. I have to go back to my notes every day. And I, oh, right. Then I'm, and I've got, to, I've got to learn how to meditate on it. Meditate on it. And that's exactly what God told Joshua to do. Meditate on it. Meditate on my word day and night. He didn't say, make sure you read a devotional for 10 minutes in the morning. Hey, listen, it's just, if you want to grow stronger, I mean, uh, Steve spoke to that, but Psalm 119 is so full of, of David We're talking about getting the word in his heart. And you know, he says in Psalm 89, verse 89, he says, forever your word is established. And I love what Steve said once. He says, but the Lord said to him, but is it established in you? Yes, your word is forever settled, forever settled God you know why because the word is a description of God it's a description of God it's it's his personhood the word is the word is that Jesus is the written the written logos made flesh and and knowing those places and getting to understand that every part of that and so you can't get to know God without knowing the word you can't people that just say oh well I, I just have this relationship with I just don't read the Bible I'm sorry you're going to get weird. I'm not saying that you don't actually know Jesus, but if you don't know him through the word, if you aren't studying the word and getting into the word, getting established in the word, you're going to come up with some strange, weird concoction. And we have a lot of churches, sorry to say, that don't get established in the word. And, and let me tell you, I've been here, I've been in this game, I've been in this a little while, Almost every one of them say, yeah, we're a Bible-believing church. Oh, and then as soon as you ask, oh, well, well what, do, what do you guys believe then about how you do this? And then, or how do you say, oh, no, 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 we, that died out with the apostles. Oh, we don't, we don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. Oh, no, no, that was for the apostles. There's no scripture that says that. They can't go to any of the scriptures that talk about it. They've just, they just, people have got these magic markers. That's why they're magic. Like somebody said. <laughs> and they just, they just delete pieces, big chunks of the Bible. Listen, guys, I, I, I just think that we're going we're gonna to kick ourselves when we go to heaven. Right. We are going to kick ourselves because we could have had so much more and done so much more than we can or than we know. But you cannot know God without knowing his word. Jesus is the Word made flesh. Yes. You, you, I will say this again and again, and I'm not going to teach that today, but Jesus manifested the Word of God in the flesh. You can't, you can't know God without seeing, watching, understanding, listening to the words of Jesus in those four Gospels and in the book of Revelation. We haven't even touched on the seven letters yet, but you know that Jesus, that's a powerful truth. Jesus wrote letters to the church. Yes, he did. Jesus himself from heaven said, listen, I'm going to have to send some letters. And he sent seven letters from heaven through John the Apostle. Powerful truth. The revelation of Jesus Christ. And we'll touch on that sometime maybe this year. Because there's, there's huge truth. Wonderful, liberating truth. But you know what? If we've got our traditional glasses on and we see the life through, the world through... 
the book of Job and, you know, God's going to send this and you don't, because you don't understand covenants and you never grow established in understanding the old covenant, when the old covenant ended, when the new covenant, you're having people throw out the Old Testament because they don't understand covenants. Right. You can't throw out the old covenant. Right. You can't throw out Genesis through Malachi because of the old covenant. Genesis through Malachi isn't the old covenant. The old covenant is contained in there. But it, Genesis 1 verse 1 to Malachi 3 verse whatever, is not, is not the whole old covenant. And understanding some of these things that, you call, that, that, that we need, this revelation of God. If you, I mean, listen guys, we get saved. Why did you get saved? Why? Was it just like, well, God, you know, I'll come to church on a Sunday as long as, you know, one day I can make it to heaven. It's not about making it to heaven. Yes, that's the start of it. Wonderful. You're going to make it to heaven. Praise God. But is that all? Is that the only reason that you don't? When Jesus said that, preach the good news, he gave a commission. He said, go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, preaching them, telling them, teaching them. Does that... Does that strike a chord in your heart? Or does that, that's what Jesus left us, the church, with, a commission. He told us to do something, to occupy, to do this. To have, he tells us how to have victory. He tells all of these things. Anyhow, so I'm, I, before I go too deep in any one of these areas, because I could go off, as you know. But number one, you've got to know God. You've got to have a personal revelation. You've got to, be, you've got to determine in your heart that I will, I choose to know him. Because listen, we can make, we all make, maybe not us, a lot of us make New Year's resolutions because the calendar clicks over. And it's a great thing, but, but you know what? Actually, life goes on, right? right. There's going to be another calendar click over, and there was one before, and, and it can become disheartening if you try and you're doing it all through your own efforts, and you don't even understand how to use grace. God's given us grace. He's given us the helper. He's given us all these tools. That we, and if we don't see that we don't have, you don't, live your, you don't live your life a chunk at a time, a calendar year by time. You don't miss it if you don't make it. You, this is a journey. It's a journey. In fact, you know where, the, the, where this was described in the Old Testament as shown so clearly as a type and a shadow was the journey of Exodus. That's why it's called Exodus. You came out of this way and you're going into another one. That whole thing was a picture of where we walk as a Christian. There's so many awesome parable, uh, things to line up because they went through, and the Bible actually says it in the New Testament, they went through the Red Sea. It was a type of baptism. They were going through, the, and they were heading to what? The promised land. And if you and most people think, oh, well, the promised land is heaven. No, it ain't. The promised land is kingdom living now. You can enter kingdom living now. Hebrews chapter 3 and 4 says, you, says you, can, you have to use faith to enter into rest. He says they did not enter into rest because they didn't combine it with faith. Sorry, I'm getting, I, like I said, I could go into so many things. You have a kingdom living. Jesus said, that, you know what Jesus preached? He preached the good news of the kingdom. Right. There is kingdom living. And you heard me. I did kingdom philosophy of life 
I don't even remember. Was it last year or the year before? Some months ago. Maybe it was last year. I can't remember. It was like, we, 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 we see life. We operate. We've got an opportunity to live life in a whole other level that doesn't operate by these rules. But it's your choice. So number one, I said, go to know G. You're not going to know God. You've got to walk in. You've got a desire to constantly say, you know what, I'm going to... And you know what? Just take the pressure off you. You know, you're going to have time of great growth, and you're going to have time of not such great growth. And, and, and give yourselves the liberty of saying, you know what? I, I, you know, sometimes I'm going to be spending time in worship. Sometimes you're going to be studying more in the Bible. Sometimes you're going to be spending time in prayer or more time in prayer. Right. And understanding what New Testament prayer is. Because that's what New Testament prayer is, talking. Talking to your Lord. It's not just saying, okay, God, could I please have a taco by whatever. You know, you've got some kind of a gumball machine. Look, like God, the only time I remember. I listened. I I was so steeped in religion that when somebody started teaching me that New Testament uh, prayer and uh, and I was learning about God's grace and the finished work of the cross, the completed work of the cross, I started thinking, this, this doesn't sound right. This doesn't sound right. Because what are you telling me that I don't, I don't spend all my time asking God for stuff? Because that's what my prayer life was. Asking God for stuff. It wasn't about a relationship. I didn't even understand that because I didn't understand that was the goal. The goal is a relationship. Just like God had with Adam before the whole fall in the garden. He went and walked with him and spoke with him. Or with Enoch chatted with him or with Moses and Abraham both called the friend of God friend of God Brian touched on that being friends with God Jesus said I've called you as friends the last area is probably one of the most challenging areas that we've got to touch on and I never almost never talk about it is the devil you have to have a scriptural idea of the devil I don't like spending a lot of time on that, and I'm trying not to, but you've got to understand very clearly where the devil is at. And most Christians are devil worshippers. Okay. I am going to explain. You know what the word worship means? To reverentially fear and honor and respect. Most people have that sort of relationship to the devil. They're scared of him. They fear him. They revere him. In fact, when you start talking about how defeated he is and and what happened to him, that is so not their religious mindset that they take offense. How dare you tell me he is so defeated? Don't you know how powerful he is? You should know he's the devil. We're not unaware of his devices. Exactly. We're not unaware of his devices. His devices are deception, are based on lies. He is a defeated, defeated foe. Jesus said, I've given you power over all the power of the enemy. But so we've got to have a scriptural idea, a scriptural understanding of just how low he is. I'm not saying that we we become nonchalant, that we don't understand. That's why it has to be scriptural. We don't just suck out because so-and-so said this about the devil. Or did you see what she wrote? She used to be a satanic high priest. And she said, 
I used to read those books. <gasps> what? Oh no, she said that. You know, it's like, it's like, don't you know? It's like, it's like, for Pete's sake, what does the Bible say about him? Well, you don't know. She said this and she said that and they could do that and place curses like this and that's the thing. And don't you know you can get a generational curse if you look at this and you do this and if you have an L in your house and you do this and you don't know. It's like, what? But you start talking like that and people that have railed against the devil for a long time and wasted many years of their life railing against the devil will get very offended. How dare you tell me how much time I've wasted Worshipping the devil. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, uh, uh, talking at the devil. Listen, I know I'm trying to be facetious, but I know that can be very offensive. I understand that. But I'm asking you, what does the Bible say about him? Can we look at what God's word says about him? We can even see what the Old Testament says about him. It says that we're going to look on him. He's going to look on him narrowly and say, this is him. This is he. They, get, they say, we're going to be shocked. The, 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 this is the guy that deceived nations? When, when we know who God is, we know that the, we are co-heir co with Christ. We know that the work is finished. We know what our role is. But Brian spoke about a lot of that this week. And, and, and by the way, we are going to get some of that stuff out somehow. I'm just not sure when and how, but it will happen. But I, it, getting ourselves established. And we know what our role is. Our role is to take this kingdom on, this dominion on, his dominion. And how? How we attack it? What is our job? I love Brian O'Bonke used to say he wrote a book called Plundering Hell and Populating Heaven. I love it. I love I mean, the boldness. We're called to take people. That's what Jesus said. We're supposed to take people out of the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of his son. You or I are equipped and we can do it. And people, we need to. Watch the news occasionally. It is... It is sickening. There, it, listen, be careful with your news consumption. It is so laced with propaganda. All kinds of propaganda. Antichrist propaganda. If you just believe everything and you're quick to believe everything, listen, you need to abandon that whole track. You need to get your, your perspective. You need to get your perspective established in God. You need to get your perspective seen. Otherwise, you're not going to see things as they are. Right. Amen. Amen. Amen? Would you do that? Yes. This is a journey. <laughs> we need one another. The Bible talks about encouraging one another while it is today. Right. In other words, live in the present. Encourage one another. Because guess what? Some of us are going to be a little bit further in the journey than others. And some of us are going to be like, man, I need it. And that's why you have groups. So that you can get to know one another and encourage one another. Yes. If you don't, if you join a church, any church, and you aren't in relationship with people, that's very dangerous. Because yes. that is the point of church. Yes. The point of church is not a Sunday morning message. The point of church is body ministry. Yes. The point of church is fellowship. 
The point of church, yes, God's given us apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. All of those are part of the body of Christ and how we come to maturity so that we are no longer grown to and flow. Amen. Do you, I hope it doesn't come. Am I, am I coming across mean? I really hope I'm not because sometimes I hear myself and I think, I really hope I'm not coming across mean because... because Guys, I, I, I'm just motivated. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm motivated to, I, I'm motivated for us to be on this journey together. And you know what? I understand that as we make some steps, some people may not, may not want to be along with us. And you know what? I want to give you permission. I, I say this with, my, with all the sincerity in my heart, and I know I speak for Karen and T and Stacy and, and Jeff and Jen and Burton. Everybody that's part of us, Steve and Elise, all of us that are part of this, that we, we, I want you to know, you don't have to be mad at us to leave this church. You don't have to find, you don't, you don't have to find, you don't have to take offense if you don't feel at home with us. I want to give you permission. Pastor Allen said this years and years ago. He said, I want this to be the easiest church to join and the easiest church to leave. I want you to know that if you have an issue, you're welcome to come and talk to us. Nice. Come and talk to us. And you know what? If you don't, if you don't see, that's okay. If you just say, hey, you know what, Pastor Shannon, I, I would love to know if you are moving on. Just because it helps me. Because sometimes people come to church, some people come to church so irregularly, it's hard to track. I can't track everybody when they come to church and why they come and why they don't come. I don't know if you've been offended or if you're gone on vacation. But if you do take offense, or if you do have questions, or if you, I want to encourage you, you sh if you're in relationship, talk to your brothers and sisters. Find out what they say. Find leaders. Talk to them. Ask them questions. Uh, Corin and I are always open. T is always, I don't mind. Just, just talk. And you know what? If you've done that, and you've talked, and you still feel like, well, you guys are blah, 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 and you, and then, and you really, then listen, we, we're, we love you. Amen. We love you. It's okay. I don't, I'm not going to take offense. I promise you, if you want to go to a church, another church, I really am not. I know that God has called some people to go with us. Amen. I want to encourage you, find what that church is for you. If that's you, find it. But please, don't just be a pew sitter somewhere else. Find your company, join your company, be part of them, do what God called you to do. Be a part of what God called you to do. Amen. I love you guys. Seriously. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that you love us and care for us, and care about us. Father, we thank you that that. We're called to be friends with you and that you've given us the Holy Spirit to live in us, to dwell in us, to abide in us, to teach us, to show us things to come and so many things, Lord. So thank you, Holy Spirit, that you take mere simple words and you resonate and you steer, you lead, you guide, you call, you draw. And Father, you know the work that you've called us into. We're, we're, we're walking this out. We see bits. We see pieces. We see more and more. And we sense your Holy Spirit 
calling us deeper, further, stretching us, lengthening us. Father, I thank you by your Holy Spirit that your hand has got destinies here. Destinies here. Destinies in this group. Many of you are called to touch others' lives right here and at other places. Will you yield? Will you yield to His plan for you? I can promise you there is no greater joy and peace than just being in the center of His plan. Being part of a family, being part of of a place where you can be encouraged and encourage one another, encourage somebody else. Know this, you are loved, you are valued. You have value far beyond what you do. You have value because Jesus has loved you. Jesus loves you. No matter what you are caught up with, I know it's so easy to abandon a thought. It's so easy to abandon, a, 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 so to, to abandon that truth and say, but you don't know what I'm stuck in or what sin I'm struggling with or what I said or what I did to so-and-so. Know his deliverance. Know that his cross paid for every price, paid for your every sin. He redeemed you. He has brought you into liberty. All you need to do is respond to that constantly. Say, Lord, I receive that forgiveness. I want to move into those things that you have for me. I choose to establish my worth and value in your value for me irrespective of what other people see, what other people may think. Yours is the only viewpoint and opinion that counts. Know that Jesus died on that cross for your every sin. Such a liberating truth, right? Thank you, Jesus, for setting us free. Thank you, Jesus, for making us righteous. God made him who had no sin to become sin for us, that in him we might become the very righteousness of God. That is your standing. You, in Jesus, you have and are the righteousness of God. Jesus' exchange, his cost, the blood of the new covenant. Thank you, Jesus. You are so much more and called to so much more than you think. Will you walk the journey? Will you take another step? That is your choice. So we choose that right now. Thank you, Lord.
with um, unforgiveness particularly. you to exhale that just like just send it away just say lord i send that i send that burden away i send that away will no longer have power over me i choose to walk in liberty thank you for your love for me thank you for forgiving me of my every sin you have removed my sin as far as the east is from the west. Yes. Never to be remembered again. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. Turns to dust, evaporates. That burden, that if you look at your foot and you see a ball and chain of some sorts, holding you back I want you to see that just disappear just evaporate Father God just said to me a few minutes ago, if I have been offended and I'm waiting to be pardoned, I am the one to go to the one that offended me and say, my brother, my sister, I forgive you. Relax, it's over. There's no demand that you must because you're guilty of, of apologizing. So, we give like Christ gives, forgives. Amen. 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 Okay, this is a specific word. Uh, someone here was um, being given a report uh, for cancer some kind. I don't know specifically with the specifics, but we'd like to minister to you before you leave. This came up in my heart as Shannon was ministering. Don't allow pride. Understand we, you know, each of us want to be private people. We don't want everybody to know our business. But I encourage you today, humble yourself. Not that we're not trying to draw attention to us as prayer ministers, but I'm saying specifically today, we'll always minister to anyone for any need. But I'm talking about specifically today. If you've been diagnosed with some form of, it doesn't matter. We'd love to minister to you, please. Amen. You know, Brian spoke about the action of faith, right? There's sometimes an action. If you know what that action of faith is, listen. Listen to that. Amen. And um, like Steve just mentioned, we have really great prayer ministers ready to minister to you. Don't, don't just bolt if that's you yield to what God has for you amen guys you're so incredibly valued 
valuable. You are valued. Amen. I want you to hear and feel the Lord's value for believers today. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Online too, you know, if you need prayer and you're watching online, remember, just text the word uh, prayer to the online number and we'll have our prayer ministers reach out and, and uh, get in touch with you. Hallelujah. Amen. Is there anything else, guys? Hallelujah. Okay, well, folks, on that quiet note, I'm just going to dismiss you right here. And uh, please, if you are one of those, please come and talk to our prayer ministers. Remember, 